You're listening to the Painted Goddess podcast with Jennifer Harishu. This is episode number 91. Well, hello, witches. It's Wednesday. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Jennifer, and I'm the founder of Painted Goddess, a magical container for healing and magic. And um, as you can tell, I'm a professional singer who travels the country and really brings joy to people's lives. (laughs) Uh, You guys. Okay, today the moon is in Cancer, and I am feeling it. I am... I'm so excited to be with you today. I've been talking a lot um, in general. I have my uh, weekly uh, Instagram live with Marilyn High Priestess, uh, High, uh, PNW High Priestess. Um, and she is also known as the Optimistic Oracle, who has her own podcast. She's also um, one of the two in country dwellers uh co-hosted by the beautiful and lovely runa troy i am super excited because i've just been yeah like i said been talking a lot just got off the zoom with um my dear co-conspirators marilyn and Corey hawkins we're about to uh moderate a clubhouse room and um i'm overthinking like a good virgo should so we're excited. We're having more conversations. We're talking about this stuff. I know that doing is important, but when it's winter and you can't go outside because the, the, the sky is dumping the entire contents of the universe in the water form onto your face, um, you stay inside and you talk. So <laughs> you may be experiencing that depending on where you are in the world. If you're in Texas, my heart is with you. I'm so sorry that um, your energy grid was deregulated and now you're uh, without resources as well as, you know, climate change has not been taken seriously. And especially the most vulnerable amongst you are facing tragedy because of um, denial from climate change um, deniers. But uh, what I do know is that uh, humans are resilient as well as ingenious and innovative. And I hope and pray that this is that come to Jesus moment um, that Texas needs in order to, and beyond Texas probably, um, to check systems of uh, all of our resources. Look, Uranus is in Taurus, folks. And I've been talking a lot and thinking a lot about Taurus having Uranus there. The last time that happened, I'll say it again. I'm not the only astrologer fucking talking about this, but that was the Great Depression. The entire financial system crashed. They made rules about finances based on that crash. Um, And now we have a whole new return to that energy and I just want to say that it's important 
for us to take a look at the systemic structures that hold together resources and the utilization of resources and the sustainability of resources because Taurus is the earth mother. It is the source of resource. You can't resource something that's fucking dead. And so you have to feed into and nourish the roots, especially because the roots, if they are rotted or malfunctioning, you will not get reproductive work, right? That's that axis of Taurus, second house, and Scorpio, the eighth house. My resource, our resource, right? This goes down to living wages and reproductive labor, labor of, you know, stay-at-home parents who are reproducing workforce people, right? They're producing the doctors and lawyers and uh, road layers and psychologists and uh, streamers and connectors and networkers and, and dreamers and artists of the future, this is the reproductive labor of humanities and our community, the collective that's being enhanced by all of these planets in Aquarius. We're hyper aware of how I connect to you, connect to the next and what's connecting us. It's the mycelium of all these structures that touch all of us. Interest rates, mortgage, mortgages, bank uh FDIC insurance, right? All of the things that touch our lives that are probably unseen, they're in the roots. Okay, and Uranus is like digging up the roots. And it's not um, the same dig up that Pluto's taking care of in Capricorn, but it's related because everything is related. Um, just like my singing is related to the songs in my heart and soul. Um, <laughs> I, I cannot tell you how important it is right now for you personally to take a look at where you're resourcing your happiness, your well-being, your health, your community engagement, your social networking, um, and at this full moon that's coming on Saturday, the 27th, in Virgo, opposite the sun, right, that's in Pisces, uh, we are in for a deep dive into the to-do lists uh, of, of all of us, right? How are, we, how, are we, how are we creating priorities, um, filling our cups first, you know, forging our cups from something sustainably sourced, by the way. We're not using disposable silo. We're not using keg cups, okay? <laughs> We're not. Stop using keg cups. And the, the, the way that we're looking at, I think, the collective structures that we are having to rebuild and, and by, you know, there are dinosaurs dragging their feet in politics, and that's fine. There always have been. That's the conservative angle. But when we look at what's happened because of the denial of things change, that's all they ever do. They continue to need evolution in order to be the strong uh, structural foundation that's needed in order to hold up 
all of us living on this planet. You know, we know population control was a buzzword 10 years ago. Like, there, I don't know where that discussion went to other than, well, freedom is more important and we can't require people to only have one child in, in every instance. And I, you know, whatever. But people have stopped having as many children. Um, I think the dog count has gone up. But, but it's one of those where I still see definitely in some um, collectives, some communities, it's still completely touted to have upwards of nine or ten children. And, you know, okay, okay. But how are we resourcing and reproducing um, the resources that are needed to, to hold all of the people that are on this earth, right? And it's just about looking at it with clarity and purpose, you know, hoping that their great-grandchildren, their great-great-grandchildren will still have clean water, right? And, and resources. So again, Uranus is the, um, the great chaos uh, sky god who, um, you know, Father Sky, really, he is the one that is said to have um, made a pretty chaotic mess of things because of restructuring. And, and that's, it's, it's in his ethos, in his story. Now, um, we've, we've currently been talking about that in the lab. We had a Uranus class, um, you know, Uranus is also about synthesis and integration. Um, and so there's a sense that you almost have to fall apart to get put back together. And this came up in a reading I did today, actually, for a client where I recommended, um, you know, a little bit of a, a ritual. And I, I will offer this to you um, in any way it feels um, lit up, but to take a piece of paper and perhaps you could cut it into any shape that you like. Um, I suggested cutting it into a heart shape and you write your name on it and you write all the desires and love that you had. Perhaps, you know, I've been working with a therapist who talked to me about making my grief list, you know, and these can be big and small things that, you know, we, we suffer over, we have grief about, right? We have unresolved grief perhaps, or grief that, we were told when we were younger, like, oh, that's not a big deal, you know, <laughs> uh, which, of course, it's a big deal if you think it's a big deal. If it weren't a big deal, you wouldn't think that. You know how I know that? Because you feel it. It's like, you know, when somebody else tells you how you should be feeling, um, you should <laughs> whatever. Now I'm using the shoulds, but it's like you get to decide what to do with that. Like that's who you, that's how humanity works. Like you get to decide. So you get to decide if what someone shoulds on you is worth, um, integrating, right. Synthesizing saying, yeah, I'm going to put that in the potting soil, right. That's going to nourish the soil. I'm going to get more flowers. I bet the tulips are going to love that shit. Right. Um, and you know, if it's got, mycelium in it or if it's got uh you know you ever get you ever get some soil that's got dandelions in it it's like oh well that's a nitrogen fixer but now I've got weeds that's interesting okay 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 so you know I or horsetail right <laughs> um did I take the analogy far enough yet so 
when you decide to put something and amend the soil in which your roots grow in, be, be uh, deliberate, right? Be deliberate what you feed yourself, the knowledge you feed yourself. I often say I have a very strict news diet. Um, and recently a f another friend of mine kind of asked, you know, uh, what are your news sources? Because I mentioned that I think alternative news sources are really important. And I listed off my alternative news sources, which I believe to be fairly independent thinking. Um, and yet some of them are owned by larger companies. And I said, you know, my intention is to listen to news based on what has happened and use my skills of media literacy to understand what the spin is, who benefits from the spin, where the money is going, and perhaps, you know, can I trust uh, what this person who's sharing this news and their opinion about it based on what I believe their heart to be focused on, right? Like, if their heart is focused on... Um, you know, upholding the status quo and keeping power in the hands of a certain few, then most likely I'm going to be very critical of that news source because I can see that. I can see through that. I can see what their intentions are. Because I have a, a liberal bias, um, I'd be a, probably a little less likely to notice some of the spin that's being done by the liberal bias, but I have trained myself. Even when I watch pretty liberal news media, I can see what the spin is there too, um, which is why um, I prefer, um, you know, alternative to the alternative news source, which is usually things like John Oliver, um, Samantha Bee, um, Stephen Colbert, and because that feels human to me, there's something about the com comedic space that allows news news um, to be uh, honest that I believe we've lost in most quote unquote news outlets. Um, I do think that um, NPR and BBC try to be quite unbiased. They're, of course, upheld by journalistic standards, but it's one of those where um, this is, you know, they, when you set the tone of what is being talked about and I listen to NPR and then I watch, um, or listen to BBC and then watch the nightly news, which I hardly ever fucking do. But when I do, I notice what's missing, what they're not talking about, how they're plucking a singular, usually pretty intense news piece and not connecting it to something larger that I hear NPR kind of talking day in and day out about and pulling more people into the conversation to talk about. So these are things that I think about when I, but I have a, a huge background in media literacy and political science from college. And I studied cultural anthropology and the way that people understand things through theology, religion, uh, the diaspora, immigration, gender studies, um, black feminist lit. Like I understand as much as possible from the sources that I've, um, you know, integrated, synthesized into my, you know, brain, heart, gut. My my instincts are different than someone who has not under um, has not sat, sought out alternative resources. So, you know, I, I, I think the, 
the best thing that I've done for myself is to stay curious and open. And I attribute that largely to my willingness to accept um, my very mercurial nature. I'm a Gemini rising and a, and a Virgo sun. I'm very curious by nature. And as soon as I realized that I actually was insisting on being right in a lot of conversations um, and that I didn't have to insist upon that, I could actually say like, oh, I don't need to be right about that. And I just started responding to when I had something passionate to say, I would say it. And I wouldn't apologize for it. I do this now. I will say these things, right? I have this podcast. I just say what I think. I don't apologize for what I believe. I might give resources or draw conclusions or connect the dots around why I might believe these things because I think it's important to um, embrace and, 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 and uh, use context. However, I am not attached to being right. And I invite you to adopt this language, this inquiry, this response when faced with something that you don't agree with. Okay, so and it might and that doesn't here's the thing is it doesn't mean that it's wrong. It means that this is what I believe. These are my experiences. I can't really change that until I'm open to listen and if somebody's uh, hell-bent on proving me wrong, then usually I try to be as curious as I can. It's very difficult, I think, to, um, to listen to somebody who is super intent on just being right because their argument tends to change and shift um, as you keep going. And that, that definitely used to be me. And I think when I'm stressed out in situations, that can still be me because I'm a very mutable person. I'm flexible. I'm very intellectually flexible. And so certainly if I'm in a room full of people who believe the same thing and I can see that side of stuff, I'm not opposed to, you know, in, um, entertaining other beliefs. Um, however, there is something to slowing down and recognizing that one of the things that's true for everyone is we're just experiencing our reality and that's it. So how we listen, where we listen, what we listen to is super important. And in these times, moving toward this full moon in Virgo this Saturday, I want you to focus on um, your own priorities. What is your to-do list? What is your to-do list from the universe? If you were to say and look at all of the, you know, years of your life and say, you know, um, these are the things. This is, this, you know, find a few threads that feel like it connects, you know, all of the things that you've desired. Because we all know, you know, the things that we desire change and and mature. And once we get one thing, we kind of like, okay, well, what's next, right? We have this kind of um, uh, growth urge, uh, most people, I would say. And, and this can result in never feeling very happy or grateful, okay? Um, however, when we hit a full moon, it is about gratitude. So to some degree, this list of gratitude, but list of, you know, things that string together what we've been chasing 
What have you been after? What are you here for? The discernment by, by which you can describe those things, I think, makes you more or less available to saying, fuck yes or hell no. And, and when you start to really believe that who you are is um, how you are, <laughs> uh, that you can just kind of relax into what you've been being. And say, okay, this is what I've been being. This is what I've been feeding. This is what I've been nurturing. Again, Virgo is also the sign of the sixth house in Mercury. And there's this sense of service and your career, your work-life balance with Virgo. It wants to know if you've, again, filled your cup in order to have it overfloweth into the collective. Um, and so... so how is your prior how are your priorities going and if you if you look at the priorities especially noticing you know where are you and different aspects of yourself or you know where are you on that list um and uh have you figured out what helps you tick have you figured out what fuels the fire of desire within you have you figured out what makes you really get up in the morning. These are all discernments from a Virgo perspective that I think the full moon could really help all of us tune into. We want to understand what the fuck I'm here to do. The purpose that we think is usually in the ninth house or Sagittarius can be rooted with the sixth house and Virgo. And I think that when we look at those parts in our chart and understand the Virgo energy, we can start to connect with who we are and what we're for. My Virgo's in the first house. I'm sorry, fourth house. Um, it's where my sun and my Saturn and my north node are. All of that energy in the fourth house in Virgo, clearly I was supposed to um, be focused on safety, um, nourishing structures um, that allow for like, I mean, it's literally self-care, you know, bringing it home, making it humble, making it natural, making it cyclical, bringing in that divine feminine. And because Saturn lives there too, it's the, it's like the day I learned about the divine fuck no, creating all of the space that I needed for my fuck yeses, I'm all in. As soon as I realized that I was throwing my energy and my power all around because I didn't know what I wanted, that was huge for me. It was like a massive mic drop from the universe. It was like, look, Jenny, look at what you're chasing. Do you really need validation? Do you really need that from those people? You don't even ask them for advice. You know, so when they offer it or whatever, you don't have to question your reality. This is me talking to myself, by the way, you get to say, hmm, thanks. Thanks for that. Cool. So great. <laughs> you don't have to take it in. I don't have to take it on. There was part of me that really melded, merged, mutate, mutated, shapeshifted, into whatever was around me. And this is who I am in so many ways. 
I'm a shapeshifter. I'm a mutant. I like, I like merge. I merge. If you've known me long enough, you know that I have a lot of different groups of friends that the few times I have had all those different groups of friends in one room, it's like, what is happening here? And I, and there's certain parts of those friendships that I've brought together in smaller groups and they merge like, it's like, it's like, I just had this vision in my head, like, um, women dancing, holding hands around a bonfire. Like there's been some beautiful mergings because the people who I connect with do not necessarily fit, you know, into these pretty little boxes, but they know who the fuck they are. So when you get a group of people together who know who they are and aren't needing to defend themselves and allow everyone else in the room to be who they want to be and celebrate that. There's a heart connection that just cannot be described. And if you know, you know. So Virgo, Virgo can notice those details and you have Virgo in your chart. I like to say in, um, and I put this in a few different places, I make a graphic for every sun sign that says everyone is a whatever, right? This month it's everyone is a Pisces because the sun is moving through Pisces. I want to remind everyone that you have Pisces in your chart. You have it in you. For anyone who's out there saying, oh, Pisces are this way and blah, 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 whatever, like... And it's you and you too. Just where is it? Where is it? Is it in the first, seventh, tenth, fourth house? Where is it? The harvest cycle work that we're doing in the lab really helps you follow along <laughs> the energy. And you're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. It's constant. I feel like it's crazy that March, uh, February is almost over. And yet, as I've been um, tracking the moon as an inner journey, and tracking the sun and tracking all of the planets, to be honest, um, as a Virgo, I'm, I'm super all about patterns, and I can track multiple things at one time. Um, and it's and merge them. Okay. But uh, and you can too, by the way, like I've just focused on this. Um, I have certain placements that help me, um, access this stuff more, um, than maybe some others. But I think in general, if you work on a part of your chart and focus that energy on that archetype, you can access its power and you can also, um, use its witchcraft to, you know, create beautiful things in your life. So, I don't think that it's important for you to be a certain sign or have a certain thing somewhere because when planets are moving through those parts of your chart, you get to access it. It's like, who's got the mic? Um, so right now, you know, the moon or the sun moving through Pisces, the moon in Cancer, you know, the moon is trying to the sun right now or it was yesterday, actually. So... Uh, because they're both they were both in water signs the emotionality and the vulnerability and the honesty and the ingenuity and the generosity of water signs 
um, I think, amplifies my voice. What's crazy is that, of course, with the moon in Cancer, it's in my first and second house, and I feel rooted and safe in expressing, in expressing my vulnerability and my emotions. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. If I went back and listened to the podcasts that the moon was in Cancer, it'd be interesting to see if all of these podcasts felt the same-ish way. That'd be fucking interesting. Um, I want to do a study on that now because I certainly can tell when my voice is clearer and more amplified. And when I recognize that with cancer in my first house, you know, I'm a, a Gemini rising, but it's like at 26 degrees. So most of my first house is cancer. And when I started noticing that that's the case, um, and I have second house, mostly cancer as well, actually. It's like, ooh, these are me. Like, I'm so much cancer. Even though there are no planets in there. There's no planets in cancer. Um, I, I lie. That's not true. I have Jupiter in cancer, so there's that. But it's like, there's not a lot going on in there, particularly. So... How is it so intense? Well, it's because it's in the first house. So you may not have any thing in your first house, and your rising sign from a placidus standpoint might be in another sign than your first house, right? Than the great majority of your first house. And so knowing those little pieces and understanding and watching the transits move through can really help you to bring yourself home. And this is what my work is, by the way. It's very Virgo in the fourth house work. North node in the fourth house in Virgo work. Saturn in fourth house in Virgo work. I'm here to help people come home to themselves. That's what I'm here for. And as I say that, it deepens the way that I understand my own self and the journey I've taken to come back to my own home, myself, my heart, my guts, my mind that I take for uh, granted and with a grain of salt all at the same time. Okay. I think that's all I have for you. Happy full moon in Virgo. Make those fucking to-do lists. Give yourself permission to uh, be grateful for the things that are leaving your life right now. Remember that just because they're leaving doesn't mean that it was failed, attempt, or wasted time. Everything has a purpose, a thread. Everything has a thread. All right. I love you. You're powerful as fuck. Don't forget it. I'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast or benefited from it, I would so appreciate a like, a share, a subscribe, a review. It helps the algorithm find other people just like you who want and need this work that I'm doing. These podcasts are offered freely, but your donation is always appreciated. I have a sponsorship button on the anchor.fm site for my podcast. Any amount is helpful to support this work. 
You can also work with me by going to paintedgoddess.com, P-A-I-N-T-E-D-G-O-D-D-E-S-S.com, and see what I've got going on. The best way to work with me ongoing is to join the Astrologic Lab. That's my monthly program where I teach you about your natal chart and how to ignite the cosmic within. You have a whole sky inside of you full of planets and wonder, and there are ways to use astrology to heal parts of yourself that you've left behind or were taken from you. I drop podcasts every Wednesday, so I hope that you'll continue to come back. And again, if you want to DM me or reach out to me, Instagram is where I hang out a lot. And I'm now on Clubhouse at Painted Goddess as Jennifer Hrishu, H-R-Y-C-I-W. We're going to be starting conversations about astrology, working with the moon, all the woo stuff, witchcraft, business. Super excited. I hope to see you there.